Hello, folks, and welcome back to the podcast. This episode is obviously, as you can see from the length of the episode, a little bit different to the usual um, interview and conversation style podcast. From time to time, there are things that happen, people I speak to or events that occur that kind of really give me insights into the lives that we lead and into my own life and give me real perspective on things that I might maybe take for granted. And I like to share those things. They often come up in the podcast. Sometimes I do articles in the the weekly newsletter. Um, But I'm going to start doing a lot more of these short-form podcasts to hopefully help translate some of this perspective and value to you. It might mean something to you. It might mean absolutely nothing to you. But to kick us off with our first of these very, very short bite-sized style podcasts, I had a little accident last week, but exactly actually a week ago today as I record this podcast. Now, I'm absolutely fine. This is not dramatic whatsoever, but I'm in the very fortunate position of being able to to go through um, something that I suppose some people would consider a little bit traumatic and coming out the other side with, I suppose the way I would like to describe this is a series of events that led me to think really, really deeply about how good people are and uh, develop a deep sense of gratitude for the compassion um, and selflessness that does exist in people because uh, and I've written this in, in the uh, the email that went out yesterday a lot of the time I find myself talking about things like uh, loneliness and despair and a lack of purpose and how we as human beings seem to really be losing a sense of what it means to be a community and to be connected to other people and then something like this happens and it really kind of brings brings back to me how that's not actually entirely true maybe we're getting a little bit lost and misdirected in the modern world but inherently just under the surface when something happens people band together people do demonstrate compassion and love and we can see that at the moment especially with something like and what's happening in Ukraine, and we saw it all through COVID as well, people are inherently good. And I do find a lot of the time in modern conversations that does get lost in translation. So just to share with you my own little story and why this kind of brought this to the forefront of my mind is about a week ago, um, I was playing a football game. I play Gaelic football and I have done for a long, long time with Fingalians GA Club with the senior team. We were playing a football game, a league game out in Malahide against St. Sylvester's. And it was a wet and windy, miserable old night. And in the second half of that game, about 10 minutes in, there was a dirty ball kicked out, as happens in sport. And myself and an opponent went in for the ball. And I ended up taking through no act of malice or or malintent or anything like that. I took a hefty, hefty challenge and I took a knee to the face, which essentially knocked me out. Um, So I woke up on the floor um, and with my background in physiotherapy, there was a couple of little red flags for me straight away. I had extreme pain in my neck and I had some tingling and weird feelings down into one of my arms. So I kind of just decided in that moment, right, I'm going to stay still here, not move too quickly. And by the time I had started to form these thoughts, there was people around me already. Our physiotherapist must give a shout out to this guy, David, who's absolutely fantastic. And my dad, and I laugh at this because I'm 34 years of age and both my parents come to all of my football games. Um, but my dad was beside me straight away and they took control of the situation immediately and decided, right, we're not going to we're not gonna take any risks here. I have a couple of symptoms that you might be a little bit wary of when it comes to your neck and your spine. So they stabilized me, called the ambulance and uh, that was the, the kind of incident itself. So just a sporting accident, nothing crazy in it. And um, the, the fire brigade arrived, 
spinal collar on onto the spinal board and I was taken into Ball Mountain to A&E. Um, so just to kind of round out the story, just to give some context from what I'm about to, to dive into here, um, the brought into A&E where they eventually scanned my neck. I had a CAT scan and it turned out that my C-spine, my cervical spine, which is what you're worried about when you have a bad uh, head injury like that, was absolutely fine. And I escaped with a broken nose, deviated septum, some bad concussion and whiplash. So that was it. So I got away very, very lightly. Um, and obviously, um, when you train in any sort of medical field, whether it be physiotherapy like I did or medicine or paramedic, nurse, whatever, you, you do often hear stories about people who aren't so lucky. So in the grand scheme of things, not the worst injury to have. And I'm sitting here a week later, very, very lucky. Um, a little bit of pain, a little bit of disorientation from the concussion, but absolutely fine. So that's what happened. But the real kind of magic for me about this whole experience and why I'm sitting here with a, with a deep sense of kind of gratitude and in quite an emotional state, I suppose, apart from the bank of the head and the trauma, is that from the second that I woke up, when after being knocked out um, last Wednesday, from that second on, all I experienced wasn't kind of fear or, or worry about anything like that. Because a lot of people said to me, you must have been terrified. And for, for some reason, I actually wasn't. But I, I would say the reason is I was surrounded by people who had my back, who just took care of me. It was absolutely amazing to see from the spectators on the sideline to obviously my parents, to the physio, to my, my teammates, to the coaching staff, everybody was just absolutely on the ball. And their main priority was me. They were there to help me, to keep me calm, to make sure I was okay, to make sure that they handed me over to the professionals, that I got um, into the hospital okay. There was guys stripping off their own kind of um, jumpers and tops to lay over me. Um, one of the, uh, the the fathers of one of our players, Eugene uh, Lynch, was shout out is a, a guard at Shiakana, and he went off and he was able to get some blankets and, and uh, um, a foil blanket to lay over me. People were kind of checking in to make sure I was okay. The, the fella who I got in the collision with came over a couple of times to make sure I was okay. So immediately I was surrounded by this outpouring of concern, which is which is touching. It really is touching, um, and I know I probably looked terrible and there was blood everywhere and I had been knocked out and it was an awful crunch so people were curious but there was a genuine level of concern um, obviously the the fire brigade and the ambulance guys were the ultimate professionals so they they were um, very good at maintaining a calm situation but just everybody there was, was so so concerned and full of genuine compassion for me um, so that in itself was touching but after I kind of turned on my phone um, a, a good few hours later in A&E just, just to see what the story was the number of messages that I had on my phone absolutely blew me away it was outrageous absolutely outrageous. I'm talking hundreds I'm not exaggerating here hundreds of messages text messages and whatsapps from people checking that I was okay um, from as I said the lads on the team um, in, in the groups that we have on whatsapp to people I haven't even heard from in four or five years. The, the word had spread so quickly and people were checking in with me with genuine concern for my well-being. And it, it was, I, I got very, again, it might have been the bang in the head, but I got very emotional reading these text messages because here were people who were really, really concerned for my well-being and it, it, it kind of does something to you when you have that, even if you have two or three people check on you, it's always nice for people to to express a an interest in how you're doing. But when you have that volume, that number of people who are going out of their way to send you a message or a voice note or a text 
um, to see are you are you doing okay, to see how you're getting on, to see if they can help you. Can they do anything for... I was getting people asking me, could they do anything for the family? Could they do anything? Could they drop anything to the hospital? Could they come in and see, could they speed the process along? Could they offer me a lift to, to get out of there? Um, as I said, could they, could they go and take care of Jill and the kids? It was outrageous. Really, really, really... Not, I suppose surprising isn't the right word, but I was surprised at just the, the volume of people. Um, and that continued after that first night um, in A&E, which, as I described in the email I sent out, was an absolute shit show. And just as a little side note on that, this, this is not a comment on anybody who works in that system because I'm so, so grateful for... Number number one, the, the firemen and the paramedics um, at, at the very start who were able to take care of me and, and obviously all the, the bystanders and, and the and Eugene the guard as well who, who were all there to take care of me. But in terms of the professionals who, who managed my case in the, in the chain, firemen and, and the paramedics were just incredible. So professional, so calm, were able to communicate really, really well. I felt very, very safe. They were super competent. Um, and when they handed me off into A&E, it was a totally different story. And it had nothing to do with the people who were working in there, from the triage nurses to um, the doctors who took care of me, to all the other staff you see in there, porters, cleaners, etc. It was nothing to do with those people. What, what was very, very evident to me was the absolute incompetence of the system. You had all these people trying their very, very best to, to care and to heal um, me and everybody else who was unfortunate enough to be in A&E and they were absolutely overworked they were very clearly understaffed they were under-resourced like when, when I went in there there was me and well when I could eventually get up off the bed and have a look around there was me and about 20 other people just almost dumped in the middle of the room because there was no cubicles to go into it. There was nowhere down the, the, the hallways to go because there was people there slumped over chairs and on tables and I'm not painting an overly kind of exaggerated picture here. This is literally what it was like um, last week on a Wednesday evening and you had a mixture of all sorts of people coming in from, from people with issues with drugs and stuff like that to people with very, very serious illnesses to people with kind of traumatic cases maybe like my own or other people who had been in accidents and everybody was just kind of put in the middle and it was down to the staff to try and sort through us all to triage us to make sure that everybody had what they needed um, and they struggled and I mean I know anybody who works in there will recognise this this is not a comment on the care I receive from the individuals at all massive respect and gratitude to anybody who works in, in a care position or a health position but what a shit system <laughs> um, but that point aside over the next few days those messages that I was mentioning they kept coming in they kept coming in from so many people who, who had heard through the grapevine that something had happened and they wanted to reach out to see if there's anything they, that they could do um, and to, to round this out not drag this on too long I suppose that the point I'm trying to get to here is that even though a lot of people struggle nowadays and, and I guarantee you every single one of those people who sent me a text message I guarantee you there's something going on in their lives there's something happening with them or a family member or a job or a relationship that that's kind of not ideal that's maybe upsetting them that's maybe causing some serious issues there's a lot of people who text me who would have way worse things going on in their own lives than what I was going through and they still made the time to reach out to me and that I think that that's magical and, and it's worth noting and it's why I'm doing this little podcast here this is more my expression of thanks to anybody who listens a lot of these people won't listen to this but it's my expression of thanks to everybody who was involved the other night first of all and then also my my kind of um, communication of even a deeper sense of gratitude than just the people who took care of me. It's the, it's the genuine compassion. And I, I made a point the other day, and this isn't meant to sound very uh, 
morbid and if it upsets anybody who might have gone through a loss recently, I do apologize. However, I am so privileged to have experienced what most people only experience when they have somebody close to them die. There's an outpouring of compassion, there's an outpouring of um, messages of support and messages of love for somebody if you have somebody you know who's had someone pass away because obviously the person who's passed can't receive the, uh, the the messages and i i strangely enough was able to experience that i was able to receive these messages this love this support this kind of compassion from people and i'd had a, a minor accident um, and i came through relatively unscathed and I'm sti- still getting these messages. Even now people know that I'm up and about and I'm moving, I'm still getting people checking in on me every single day to make sure that I'm okay, that I'm resting, that I'm taking care of myself. And I haven't had to go through something massively traumatic. So I feel a deep sense of privilege at that. Um, and, and like I said, the gratitude is overwhelming. And I, I got very, very emotional when I realized that all these people are genuine in their messages. Um, and like I wrote in that email I put out there, people were getting emotional themselves um, because I suppose it's quite an emotional thing when you see someone go down and, and they're taken off in an ambulance, but people were, were genuinely emotionally invested in what was going on. Um, so I felt just the need to to maybe uh, recount this little story in a podcast format and put it out there um, just because it's an indicator for me, a reminder, I suppose, for me that this exists in the vast majority of people. This is alive and well. And I do speak a lot about how many people nowadays struggle for a sense of connection and community. And then something like this happens to me and the connection and community, it just came together. It came together around me really instantly, really, really quickly. It came together and it showed me that while maybe we lose our way, while maybe we get distracted by the trappings of modern life and by our phones and our jobs and all of the other things that are going on in our lives, that we still do have a community around us. We can't maybe see it a lot of the time. Maybe we don't feel a lot of the time. I can tell you, I for one, am absolutely feeling it right now. I'm feeling my community have come out to support me. And this includes, by the way, clients of mine. This includes people who would have had a passing contact with in the past who maybe heard about the accident. This includes people who had nothing to do with me or my football club, opposition um, uh, p- people from opposition clubs have reached out or have kind of stopped me after they've passed and, and made sure that they checked that I'm okay. Um, this is not just close friends and family, it's everybody. So that shows to me that there are, that that, that um, element of compassion and community is there. It's alive and well. And for me, it's a very, very welcome reminder. It's a, a price I have gladly paid because I've come through this, as I said, pretty much fine. Um, and not having had to experience a massive, massive trauma and yet having been able to experience that sense of connection and community. So I am forever grateful. And this is this is my, as I said, my thank you to everybody who was involved. This is my, my expression of gratitude. And this is my kind of appeal as well to, to people to, to not forget that this exists. Use this little story. And I'm sure there's many, many other people who listen to this now have stories that kind of way trump mine in terms of the actual incident um, and the, the but match it in terms of the the feelings of connection and sharing and compassion and support that they may have, might have felt from those people around them. And I'm sure there's people who maybe haven't felt that and have gone through incredibly difficult things, um, but it is real, it exists, it's out there, I'm experiencing it right now and um, I hope that I hope that it's something that we can tap back into without having to experience things like this because it's magical, it's beautiful. And I don't want to overstate this, but uh, it's really, really touched me. It's inspired me to come on here and do a solo podcast like this, which I've never actually done before. 
um, and to tell this little story. And let me be very, very clear. This is not a poor me story. This is not a story about the, the incident itself or... I am absolutely fine on the other side of this. Very, very lucky and very grateful that it wasn't a lot worse, but 100% fine. This is about the people who have kind of shown what's really there underneath the surface of most of us, which is that that real sense of humanity. So um, thank you, everybody who was involved. Thank you, everybody who took care of me. A special thank you, obviously, to my parents and to my fiance Jill, who've just been incredible throughout the entire thing. We, I have two young children and... I never, ever had a moment of concern um, because my mommy and daddy were taking care of me and, and um, Jill was taking care of the children and everybody kind of just banded together around me. So it's it's an amazing thing, an incredible thing. And uh, I just want to say thank you very much. And humanity and compassionate community is alive and well. And you will hear me going forward talk about ways that we can tap into this. It's what I'm interested in. It's what I'm all about. How do we tap into this without having to have these traumatic events? Like sometimes you have these events and they bring you closer together. It's like a crucible of emotion. But I genuinely believe we can tap into it more often without the need for that. We can pull our heads out of our individual lives. This has forced me to pull my head out of my, my hole, I suppose, and, and to acknowledge and to see the people around me and how good they are really and to kind of bypass all the bullshit that we spend our time worrying about and thinking about and your man said this and she's doing that and he's doing better than me and she's doing worse than me and this has forced me to do it and I genuinely believe and I've strived for a long time to find that sense of, of connection um, and there have been ways I've done it and there's been people I've had on the podcast who've talked about it and I'm going to continue to do it. This has just been a, a, another another confirmation for me for the good in people and uh yeah, I salute you all. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this short little snippet. There'll be plenty more. Maybe a little bit less emotional and dramatic uh, than this one. But um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. There's a, a lot planned for the next few months in terms of the podcast. Some amazing guests coming back on. Some faces you'll be familiar with. Some are completely new. But I hope to continue to, to bring you some... I've, uh, I've had some incredible comments lately and I haven't released a podcast in a while about the podcast and the value it's, it's bringing people. So thank you very much, as I said, for listening. And yeah. Uh, I'll see you in the next one. Take her handy. And very quickly, just before I go, my mission, obviously, with Primal and the studio here is to help people do what I've just done there, to find their voice, to share their story, and hopefully to add some value to their community. So if that's something you think you would like to do, please don't be afraid. Just reach out, dan at primal.ie or primalpro on Instagram. Drop me a message if you want to start a podcast, if you want to tell your story, if you want to build your community, that is what I'm here to help you do. So if you're interested, drop me a message and I'll chat to you then.